0: Welcome to Open Hands, a podcast exploring spirituality, mental health, and the space in between. I'm your host and fellow wanderer, Sarah Nickerson. This week, Abby Ellis shares the story of her own embodied healing through her time at the Allender Center in Seattle. She explores the value of attunement, containment, and repair within our narratives in order to embrace a more wholehearted life. Thanks for being here. Okay, Abby, welcome to Open Hands. I'm so happy to have you on here today and that we're able to connect. How are you doing? Hey, Sarah. I'm so well.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting.
0: Yay. So you and I know each other from forever you actually knew me when I was a kid (laughs) years and years and years ago um when your husband worked at the church that I grew up going to and then Mm -hmm. we've kind of reconnected over the years through our love of storytelling and you know processing of deep emotions but I wanted to go ahead and just kind of open up the floor to you to tell us a little bit about yourself
1: oh wow well thank you um yeah, it is fun to think that we've known each other for so long and yeah. uh, gosh, that was been a long haul. Uh, I think I know <laughs> for you and I both. Um, <laughs> so um yeah, my name is Abby Ellis and I am in Virginia and I am a wife and a mom. Been married for 18 years, which feels wow. insane to say and we have six kids. Um Uh, five biological and one through adoption Mm -hmm. and um, I'm a nurse by trade that was my original degree yeah Um, and I quickly kind of moved through nursing into behavioral health Mm -hmm. and realized pretty quickly that um, I didn't love the clinical scene but I loved uh, one-on-one interaction and relationship and so I kind of moved in and out of uh, different venues where I could do mm-hmm. more relational type work. And um, and that kind of sent me on my own personal journey. So I just spent the last three years flying back and forth to Seattle to yeah. complete an advanced uh, certificate in narrative-focused trauma care at the Allender Center, wow. which is part of the Seattle School. And then because of the weird COVID times that we're in, the Seattle School has just put their program online this year. And so I was able to continue with them. And so now I'm a first year student uh, with, yeah, going into counseling psychology. So I am really thrilled. I feel like suddenly in my 40s, I'm like finally feeling like a grounded person, and yeah, like I'm landing where I I want to be and where I have been meant to be for a long time. So I'm in a yeah. really encouraging season, I think.
0: That's amazing. Talk to me more about uh, the narrative focused sort of trauma therapy work. What what
1: kind of drew you into that? Hmm. Um. So I really stumbled into the work. By accident, and I guess even as I say that, I know that it wasn't really an accident. Um, um, I, like you, grew up, you know, in the church, and I think somewhere in my 30s, just found myself really tired and Mm. just working really hard to live a good life, you know, the yeah. quote, unquote, good Christian life. And
0: mm.
1: I just kept coming up short. And I, I just kept feeling like, man, something's wrong, something's off. And, um, you know, no matter how much I pursue my faith, no matter how, you know, many women's groups I attend, no matter, yeah. you know, how hard I try, like, I don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel mm-hmm. better. And, and I just need something more, um, that kind of drew me into some personal therapy work and, uh, which was so good for me to find Mm. a place to start to dive into my own story. Uh, but even that work was still falling short a little bit. I just had some Mm. scenes, you know, that sense where you just know, like, well, I'm not touching stuff that needs to be touched. Yes. Um, (laughs) So there's that side of it, coupled with um, I've always just had a love for story and writing and words. Yeah. I I stumbled upon um, many years ago, it used to be Mars Hill Graduate School, which mm-hmm. is now the Seattle School in Seattle. And they do a workshop it's called the Story Workshop. And I had been watching that for years thinking, oh, someday I would love to go to Seattle and do that weekend work. And mm-hmm. You bring a story of a narrative from childhood, and um, and then work with other people in a group and have your story witnessed. And oh. um, and so, uh, long story short, I was scheduled to go on a trip with a friend that fell through. I was really sad about it, and so my husband surprised me and said, "Well, oh. you're all you're all signed up for this story workshop." Um, So I ended up diving into a narrative of my childhood and I, and I just took that with me to Seattle and I really didn't know what I was getting into. Right. Um, But as I stepped into that narrative with a group of strangers, I, uh, something, something major shifted. Um, I I really feel like, um, like I kind of chart my life like before, Seattle um, Mm -hmm. and after and after that weekend in Seattle um, I was able to just get into some things things like shame and contempt and some things Mm -hmm. that I just hadn't been able to to understand or break into and Mm -hmm. and I experienced the power of being witnessed and and sharing my story in community and I received such such good kind care and I think really it was the first time where I thought, "Oh, this is the this is a picture of of what I have been longing for for so long to mm-hmm. be- believe um, um, and to experience in terms of my faith. Like this mm-hmm. this is my faith um, in a tangible tangible way that I have been mm-hmm. craving for so long." So it really changed me. From there, I um, I came right back home, and I got right back online. And I thought I got to do more of this work. And they Mm -hmm. have a they have a certificate program, so I applied. It was full. Uh, They called me back the next day and said, we have one space open. I opened up last night. If you can come back, literally in two weeks, we'd love to have you. And so that started my trek. And so. I spent the last three years flying back and forth and doing um, the full certificate program. Um, wow. Yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah. the, the, the certificate program, the idea really is um, that we as uh, practitioners and lay people can't take uh, other people in their stories any further than we've gone ourselves. And so the work is uh, um, is two parts. Uh, one, we dive into our own narratives and have other people tend to our stories. And then we learn uh, through the lens of trauma and abuse how to uh, tend to other people um, by listening to their stories and, um, yeah, learning some just techniques and learning how to be good readers of the face and the body and the soul and um, yeah, it's beautiful work. And to me, it um, again, it's just such a good full picture of I think what we need as humans, you know,
0: yeah. what was it for you about the group work that you you feel really impacted you? Like what was it exactly about it that you felt shifted you from this place of sort of shame and contempt into a um, a more healing space
1: mm-hmm. I think the power of really kind attunement Mm. um really kind eyes uh really intentional listening Mm. Uh, it felt like such a safe place Mm. to be witnessed and to be heard Mm. and you know i think you know we talk so much uh, these days about vulnerability and vulnerability mm-hmm. is terrifying and it's so risky um, and so to be in a place and to be so vulnerable and then to be met with such good care um, mm-hmm. you know in, in Seattle we talk um, about three main things that mostly children need you know when they're when they're young but we all need them we need. Uh, attunement and we need uh, containment we need to know that mm-hmm. we can be contained in all of our mess right and mm-hmm. everything that we bring that that someone can handle us and, and won't turn their face away and mm-hmm. and then uh, we need to know that repair can be done and so to be in a group and over the course of a year or however long and and to know that I'm going to be seen really well nothing mm-hmm. I bring is going to be too much. And if I misstep, if I do harm, if there's conflict in this room, we're committed to doing really good repair. And those three Mm. things—and those aren't my things. That—that is the work of, you know, that's Dan Allender' uh, work and language. But um, you know, when those three things are present, I think good, good stuff can happen. Mm. And it's almost reheal. It's it's almost. um, It's very healing because I think it's almost like a. I think we all need those things, and when we don't have them, we don't realize, you know, um, we don't realize that we're lacking those things. And then when we receive mm-hmm. them, it's it's like a like a rewiring, you know, really like even in neurological places. Like, oh, I oh yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, so, yeah. It's like reparenting in a way. Oh gosh, yeah, of our own mm-hmm. our own system. I really love, yeah, I, I love I love the word attunement because I feel like. Um, especially like in today's day and age where, like you said, vulnerability, it's good because it's coming more into practice. Like people are being more open and uh, mm-hmm. honest about their mental health, you know, struggles, about their families, whatever. Uh, but there's still sometimes like a curated vulnerability that happens where mm-hmm. it's like I'm sharing this thing, but there's no one to witness it. Like you said, yeah. like it, it's a difference between sharing something online Um, versus like being in a room with people and then having those people like look you in the eye and stick with you and contain and, um, you know, commit to those spaces. And so, yeah, I really love that idea. And I think sometimes, yeah, that's also hard in the church, like with small groups or, um, you know, these other sort of spaces that we can enter into where we have good community, but it's not, yeah, like kind of going back to what you said at the start, it's not quite the same as having mm-hmm. to kind of like hold those very tender spaces,
1: yeah. And I think it's so good that you said that. I think it's so important, especially um, just recently, with so much conversation around vulnerability, and we all desire that and we need it. Um, but not every space can handle it, and right. not right. not every place and not every venue is is safe or even wise to be vulnerable, but yet we're desperate for those places. And, Mm. and I I love that you said small groups too, because I just know for me for so many years, you know, whether I was in one or whether I was leading one, it just seemed like, well, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen here, right? Mm. For sure. But, but even with people that we know and love with good intention, um, Mm. you know, we don't, we don't always have the ability to contain or or to manage good repair or to even know how to attune well you know we, we can see the person sitting in front of us and see that they're hurting but maybe not uh be able uh, to understand some of the nuance and so um, mm, yeah yeah I, yeah I think you know I, we have to be careful you know um yeah. So, yeah yeah I love that you said that
0: yeah especially I think like you know sometimes with Christianity and within the church, like there can be kind of almost like a spiritual, um, like a spiritual distancing, which mm-hmm. is not, you know, there's no harm intended behind that. But I think all of us as humans, like when we see someone hurting or in pain, our, our, um, you know, human reaction is to be like, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. stay over there. And like, I'm going to stay over here. And like, you know, I'll pray for you or like, you know, there's maybe even like a sense of like, oh, like anything you need, let me know. Wow. But there's also a difference between like supportive community and and that attunement that you're talking about. There's a difference between being like, hey, I'm here for you if you need anything, versus like, help me to understand like what's going on with you and 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 the narrative around what it is that is is happening in your heart and your mind. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it sounds like the Allender center is, is part of doing that good work that you're talking about of creating that safe space and doing it with intention and care and
1: commitment. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think too, something that I appreciate so much, you know, you said that, you know, sometimes when we do encounter people, we don't know what to say or, or sometimes the mirror is, is, it's a little too close to home, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I would love to step in and, and be available to you. But what you're dealing with is a little too much for me. And Mm -hmm. I might have to, I might have to, to step into some of my own stuff and that can feel, you know, very threatening. And then I think too, you hit on something really important that, you know, the, well, I'll pray for you or, um, or even some of the harm that we can do right in the church um, that I've seen mm. again and again of, and I lived under that weight for so long too, of, mm. oh, I just need to pray more, or I just need to yeah. have more. I just need to have more faith. And that narrative, I don't think I realized how damaging that narrative is and um, just how much it can hinder our growth and, Um, And honestly, and and our spiritual growth, it feels it feels so like such a faithful thing to say, you know, Mm. to to kind of lean on our spirituality or our faith or the Bible or all of those things. But, man, it's so incomplete, Um, Mm. (laughs) you know, and I think learning that in these last few years that, man, we are body, mind, spirit and the church needs to, like, gosh, we got to do better with that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I remember when I was in grad school, I I can't remember exactly what happened, but something had happened and I was feeling like a lot of shame and a lot of just like guilt around myself and my feelings, and my emotions and all these things. And I remember I found this sermon um from Tim Keller and mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason like the the title of it in my mind, I was like, "Oh, like this is going to be good, like it's really going to like I don't know. I think I was like almost expecting it to be like, uh, like, yep, like you really screwed up. And like, this is, you know, but the, the sermon ended up being, um, Tim Keller talking about, he was like, you know, Christians usually get half of the gospel right, which is like, we're sinners, but then they stop mm. there. <laughs> mm. He was like, but that's not the whole story, you know, like the mm. whole story is that like we're, saved and that we're loved and that there's grace and and so often the church kind of like fails to really demonstrate or hold that that part of the story and I just remember laughing because I was like (laughs) even subconsciously like I was kind of expecting to hear you know this like sermon that was really gonna like you know whip me into shape and then it was like the opposite of of what I was expecting um and especially like as some I mean for myself I struggle with 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 lots of different mental health issues but for people who struggle with mental health issues or trauma um, or any of these things like it, it's uh, it's so easy to feel that like guilt and that shame around just feelings like well I'm not oh. supposed to feel sad I'm not supposed to feel angry I'm not supposed to feel anxious um, and it kind of creates like what we call a double arrow it's like you're already shot once with these like mm-hmm. difficult feelings and now there's like another arrow of, you know, do better. Don't feel that way. Like, you know, gosh.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, you know, just in the last couple of years, just entering a little bit into the world of just understanding trauma and understanding how uniquely storied each of us are. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you talk about, you know in the christian faith you know when we talk about a personal relationship um i don't know if we i don't know if we engage that enough in the sense of man if it's really a personal relationship then that means that um that jesus is interested in uh my my unique story and mm. the, the context of my story and all the nuance of my story. And, and so therefore my, you know, even my neural down to my neurobiology, yeah. right? Like, and so to, to just, you know, put a, a burden of just a uh, formula on someone, right? Mm. Uh, just do X, Y, Z, or just believe X, Y, Z. And then, Dot dot dot. But um but to understand that, man, we are embodied storied people. And so, Mm. you know, our life and our faith are are so intertwined and and one informs the other. And so we can't escape our stories. I think this is like if I could um I think if I could talk about anything just like for the rest of my life, I think that's what I would like talk about is just how storied we are because um Mm it makes it brings i think it brings it brings our faith alive it brings the gospel alive it brings it it gives weight and validity to our stories and the lives that we've lived um and it gives weight to our uniqueness and um and um man yeah i just uh i could talk about it all day long and something else that that I love is just this idea of um, rather than kind of jumping from like, um, you know, this was my story, but now I Mm. believe, now I believe. And so now my life is different. Mm. And, and, And sometimes we tend to forget that there's this middle there's this middle space, you know, you remember the, remember the illustration that, you know, we grew up learning with like a person and then the chasm with the cross and then, yes. yeah. you know, um, and I think that jump, like that, that, mm-hmm. that walk across. And again, this is not me. This is, this is, um, this is Allender Center stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we fail to like go down into kind of the muck, you know, of our story, you know, I think in the church there can be such a tendency to say, well, don't, don't look back. You know, just keep pressing forward. When the reality mm-hmm. is, is man, um, I can't understand my future, and I can't have hope for my future if I don't understand uh, where I'm from. And so, mm-hmm. oh, you know, there can be a lot of criticism of like, why, why do you spend so much time mm-hmm. pondering your past and, and isn't that potentially re-traumatizing? And and um, really, the reality is, is man, we just can't we can't move forward well until we understand where we've come from. And so, yeah, I feel really strongly about that too because that informs our faith and and the health of our faith so much. Yeah,
0: yeah, and also the part where you're like looking at your past through a different lens because we, mm-hmm. you know, I know for myself and. and of the clients I work with, like, we have a specific narrative about what's happened to us and why it happened to us. And, you know, a lot of times our beliefs and our, our sense of, of what went on when we were kids is is um, not helpful and not true. You know, I work with a lot of clients who are like, oh, like, the abuse was my fault. Like, I was a really bad kid. Or, you know, I could have saved my dad if I had just, like, stayed up with him you know, later that one night when he was, you know, drinking, I could, you know, I could have done something. There's all these narratives that we we build around our our stories. What have what has happened to us, and and sometimes part of the work of going back into those is like to be able to look at it differently and and come up with new perspectives and also better understandings of ourself and and the pain that we've gone through i know i don't know if you've read anything by parker palmer but i love parker Mm -hmm. palmer i do
1: yeah
0: he in one of his books he talks about um he's he really struggles with depression and he talks about how his therapist once suggested to him that his depression was like a friend like a, a friend that was just kind of like hey like there's some stuff over here just like kind of gently redirecting him down um down into like the deeper parts of himself that were hurting or that needed uh some attention and he writes about how he was like so annoyed by that <laughs> he was like um <laughs> depression is not my friend but i really love that example and and he you know grew to understand understand it and I use it a lot with clients like it's it's just sort of our body's way of letting us know that there's something that we're um
1: yeah missing or haven't quite attended to yet oh yeah I love that so much it gave me chills when you said it and just that idea that like everything can be data right Mm. and when we when we can step away from the shame or the the, I shouldn't feel this, or I wish yeah. I didn't. And, and like you said, really like get down into it, you know, get down into the stuff. Um, man, there's some good data there. and i I you know that's why I, that whole idea when we can pay attention to our bodies, mm-hmm. when we can we can and um, when we can learn to trust our emotions instead mm-hmm. of fearing them, and um, when we can start to listen, uh, the, the practice in the last couple of years for me to learn, to listen to my emotions and to listen to my body has been, mm. I mean, it's really been life-changing, honestly. You know, I, I, I was, a an athlete and a competitive gymnast growing up mm. and I, I really prided myself on, um, you know, just plow on, like just plow ahead. Yeah just gutted out, you know, there was, there was almost a valor in being uh, in pain and yeah. and being exhausted and pushing through. And I really learned um, to ignore my body and to ignore all my cues, in, including emotions like fear. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think so much of that contributed to, I really felt like a shell of a person, you know, and um, and so to learn, even in my 40s now, to slow down, and uh, to ask myself, like, what do I want? Like, do I want to run right now? Like, does this even feel good? Or, you know, when I'm having a hard moment to close my door and step away and, and sit down and just take stock for a minute of how I'm doing. And that has been incredibly healing and and it's led Mm -hmm. to some really big healing work um just by like just by virtue of listening to a feeling in the moment or or a body sensation in the moment and and um, yeah we don't talk about that very often do we yeah
0: yeah especially in like western culture I feel like oh gosh yeah yeah we like kind of like divvy up the we have specialists and we like You know, everything was kind of like separated into these different compartments. What, for you, like when you were, when you started at the Allender Center, when you started kind of doing some of this more quiet, um, introspective work, Mm -hmm. was there anything that surprised you? Like anything that you're like, oh, like I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this.
1: I don't think I understood the depth of my own heartache. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the depth of my own pain and the reality that I myself had experienced trauma Mm.
0: um
1: that's one thing and then I and I I also just was so very surprised I have I have really been a um Mm. I think in terms of vulnerability I've I've always been the safe friend
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. And, um, you know, I'm I'm a vault, and and I, you know, people come to me, and and I and I've had a heart for, you know, compassion and mercy, and and so I've I've been that person in other people's lives, but I myself um, have always been very closed off in Mm -hmm. terms of um, just sharing the depths of my own heart, and so I think those two things, um, to to get a glimpse of my of my own pain and and then to have it tended to well and like survive you know I think I always felt like yeah. oh gosh if I'm really witnessed in this I'm not going to make it yeah and um um and it's been a really beautiful journey and so um
0: yeah like one thing I always try to ask people cuz I think sometimes we get like the kind of like what you were talking about earlier like we're were able to be like, Oh, like I had a really hard time. And then like things were better. And so I always try to ask people like, was there a time where you like doubted the process or where you felt like, um, Oh man, like this is so hard. I feel like I, I am not, yeah, I'm not going to make it or, uh, and, and what was that experience like Mm -hmm. for you? Yeah,
1: definitely. I, um, you know, I think anytime you start looking at your own life through a really honest lens, <laughs> I think you're going to be disrupted. Mm. And um, mm. I like that word. And, yeah, and and I think we think that that's a bad thing, and so we avoid we avoid that disruption at all costs, right? Mm. And I think um, for me, there was major disruption, um, you know, the idea really, and you know this as a therapist, of course, is, you know, trauma isn't necessarily the event, but it's, you know, how the event is processed and, and whether mm-hmm. it is or isn't integrated um, mm-hmm. well or at all and And so most of us would say, "Oh, I've never experienced trauma, or I haven't experienced anything terrible." Mm
0: -hmm. And the
1: reality, uh, and and you may you know, you may think differently, but um, the reality is that we've all experienced, you know, you know, a a, a billion mini traumas, and um, and and so stepping into my own story and and realizing that like oh gosh things maybe weren't exactly as I remembered or mm. I, I think the most difficult thing uh, is to or for me and for many many people I think is uh, to look at or was to look at my family relationships, mm. um, and to begin to um, I, again this is not my phrase but kind of hold the tension of I was loved well, and the mm-hmm. people in my life also did harm mm-hmm. and and that is really hard yeah d- disruptive work and so to have to live life right with the people that you love and at the same time dive into some of that mm-hmm. heartache and disruption um, it's really hard. I will say um I lost my mom a year and a half ago yeah um. And my mom is a was a very 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 uh, special and important relationship in my life. Mm. We moved a few years ago to be right down the street. She was really an integral part of my just daily life with me and my children. Yeah, and and just a I mean just a really um, tender, good uh, soul and um, just just good, good company. And, yeah. um, and, you know, I, in this work, I also had to face the fact that like, oh, I've got a lot of big mom wounds.
0: Mm. You know,
1: there are some big things here that I have to contend with. And so doing that work and simultaneously living life with my mom um was very very hard and there was a season mm-hmm. where i didn't know if i could do that for very long yeah. um and then uh she died suddenly a year and a half ago and that in itself was very traumatic yeah. um but i i found that um well i'll say this i was i was entering the third year of my work and mm-hmm. so about eight weeks after she died, I found myself on a plane headed back to Seattle to Mm -hmm. dive into uh, more of this work. And I was so dysregulated and I was so sick in grief. And, um, and so having to manage and uh, sit in big, big grief over my mom. And then also be in the midst of this work that was so disruptive that I almost, I almost failed. I almost didn't make it through yeah. that. Yeah. But I, but I will say that by that point I had received such good care from the people there and I trusted them. I really believed in that moment that, man, if I'm going to be with anybody right now, like these are my people. And yeah. so it wasn't my best performance, you know, professionally, as far as, you know, working with other people in their trauma but man they took good care of me and I think even that in itself was such such important um work for me in the future professionally um yeah you know to be tended to that way like I'll take that to the bank you know that'll like that'll be um you know that'll be something I draw on for a long long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's like also the beauty of the fact that it is a community of people. Like it's not mm-hmm. um you know, even as a therapist, like I can provide support and care for my clients, but them having that extended beyond just our sessions is really important. Mm-hmm. And even just as somebody who um you know, works with with communities where there is a lot of trauma or there's a lot of different um issues going on financially, uh, you know, familially, um, you know, housing wise, like there are all these different pieces and no one person is going to be able to help the person carry that. And and I think, uh, yeah, that idea of, you know, okay, so maybe you weren't the best, like, you Mm -hmm. know, receiver of (laughs) of things that weekend, but like there were other people that were able to step into that space. Like it didn't all fall on you. And I think sometimes that is another narrative that happens sometimes in Christianity is like, it's up to you. Like, and if you don't do it, no one else will. And, and it can feel, um, you know, really difficult and, and heavy if, if you're not uh, sort of, con- yeah, connected to, yeah. to other people in that process.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and and to to be in a place where there's a degree of performance required, you know, this is a, a learning environment and and learning to perform a little bit on behalf of another person, right? Mm-hmm. And and for me to have lived most of my life as a high achiever and a high performer, to mm-hmm. show up somewhere and not be able to perform when I was supposed to, um, that was you know, that in itself was so generative, because I was able to uh, take something away without keeping more shame on myself. And so Mm -hmm. that in itself, you know, I could say, gosh, this is a sign of growth here that I can just receive and and really, honestly, kind of stink in my in the category of performance. (laughs) And and can I, you know, can I survive that? Is that okay? And yeah, um, yeah, Yeah. and I love that. I mm-hmm.
0: yeah. What kind of changes did you notice in your body and in your spirit once you started doing this work?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I'll say this. I've said this uh, to people before. Um, I really believe my countenance changed that particular first weekend. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the lifting for me of, of self-contempt. Uh, to have somebody look at me and say, you know, X Y Z was not your fault, or mm. or um, or whatever, you know, that you know particular thing transpired, but um, there was a huge burden lifted, and and mm. um, I experienced a huge lifting of just shame and contempt. I mm. think from there, I have found so much kindness for myself. Mm. And, and that was new for me. Um, and also just some room to breathe and uh, to talk about things like honor. How do I honor myself? Mm. How do I call myself and my body and my story good? And, um, and I think when I started seeing myself through kinder eyes, I I started seeing others that way. And so uh, really, this work has monumentally shifted my family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The way we deal, the way we deal with one another, um, the way I see people all around me, um, and the way I can uh, have a different lens and a different kind of compassion and and to hold people in different regard as storied people right at at a point on us in a narrative that you know we don't know we never know the whole narrative and so to be able to look at somebody and say I don't know your whole story but I know that that this moment or this you that I'm seeing right now is is so storied (laughs) right Um, I'm only seeing but a fraction of, of who you are and what you've you know, what you've lived and to see people, I think in that way is so kind and so honoring and really truer to, uh, the gospel that we, that we say we believe in. And, um, but yeah, my family, we do repair different and, uh, we've gone back, we've gone back to some really tough moments in our family mm-hmm. and, and engaged them, you know, um, I think once we or once I realize, you know that, that narratives, you know they're happening all the time. We're, you know we are, we are like walking, you know summations of a thousand yeah. narratives, you know. And so to go back to the ones that uh that we that we do know about that didn't go well, you know we can't fix every moment, but to have the integrity to go back and say, Ooh, we, you know I blew it, or we blew it. On your mm-hmm. behalf, and like, can we can we enter that, and can we talk about it? And I and so I think it has taught you know my kids um, grace and compassion, but also that like man, they are worthy of of being attuned to well, and yeah. um, and and having good repair done on their behalf. And so that's yeah. been that's been transformative. And of course, my marriage um, it has really changed the way uh, that we interact with one another. So. It's fascinating to see what can happen just when we, again, in Christian, in the Christian um, sphere, sometimes it feels selfish to say to focus on yourself, right? It's everybody else first, right? But I, I, gosh, man, if we could have the courage to turn inward and to uh, do some of our own work, I mean, the transformation just kind of spills out into the rest of our lives and it's good for everyone, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't remember where I heard this, but I read somewhere that we can only be as intimate with others as we are with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, our our capacity to sort of like truly, yeah, attune or to enter into a relationship with another person can only go at so far as as we know ourselves, because otherwise, we're not bringing our whole self, our true self, authentic self to the relationship, mm-hmm. and. You have to really do that work yourself to be able to contain that work for another person, especially if it's your child or a family member. Because, and even as a therapist, because if I'm going into you know work with a client, asking them like you said before to do work that I myself my myself haven't done, um, mm-hmm. or if I'm working with a client who maybe is really working through some you know, anger or resentment, and that's coming out on me in session. If I haven't done my own work, I'm not going to be mm-hmm. able to hold that space. I'm not going to be able to contain that space because it's going to, you know, trigger me. And of course there are instances, you know, even now where I have clients where I'm like, well, I can't work with you. It's too mm-hmm. close. Just like we had mm-hmm. talked about before. Like this is too yeah. close. And yeah. There's someone else who can do this work better than I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but always being able to come back to that solid space within and like you said with like with loving kindness I think that's something that I definitely learned this last year my my word for the year was home mm. and it was ironic because I ended up spending all my time at home <laughs> but <laughs> I really wanted to be able to come home to myself like I mm. recognized that I had gone very far away from myself and, and was not treating myself with loving kindness especially the mm. The chi- you know, the child within, the little girl mm-hmm. that I, I had a lot of, you know, contempt and, and hatred and shame around. And um, I just wanted to be able to bring her back home.
1: Yeah. And,
0: you know, that's going to be a lifelong process in different ways. But I found that the more I brought her home, the more I wanted to belong to other people. But there's just something that happens when we're able to sit with ourselves lovingly that then allows us to – I don't know. Yeah, it just totally changes our relationships and opens up um, like deeper ways of knowing. So that's really encouraging to hear Mm -hmm. how that's happened for you in your life and in your family. And I know that that is not something that was easily achieved. It takes – you know, it takes risk and it takes – a letting go and and uh and disruption and a lot of people can't tolerate the disruption
1: so mm-hmm. yeah and I just thank you for sharing that I really appreciate you sharing that and I just yeah I would just say amen to that and and I I can share too that um yeah I didn't always have love for that little girl either and to be able to to be able to go back in for her right and to say man I think I really I think I really love her like I really love her now and to even realize like oh gosh there was a long time where I didn't where I just really didn't and yeah I'm so glad I'm so glad you shared that because um Yeah, we got to go back for those young people that we left behind, you know. It's almost like going back into the burning building and it just matters.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that work comes up so often, you know, with clients. And and just like you had said before, I just had a conversation with a client today where she was so confused as to why she had such a strong reaction to something that she felt like wasn't that big of a deal. But we were talking about that, and we were like, well, this isn't it's not about that. It's about this like lifelong history of, you know, trauma and abuse that has happened, and it's all sort of carried with you within your body and your emotions. And so it might seem mm-hmm. like it's out of proportion to this event, but it's not when you think about everything that has happened to you, everything that has occurred over the course of your life, and treating yourself with gentleness when those feelings are coming up instead of mm-hmm. of shame is definitely like a it's a hard thing to do, but once you get in the practice of it, it comes easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So good. So good. And so true. And I, um, I, well, I was going to say, I don't want to open a whole can of worms, but I, I will just say in this year, you know, that has just been so, it's been a year of grief, right. Just politically and, and racially. And, um, and to be able to uh, kind of see so much of what has transpired through this same lens that we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, um, gosh, I have such desire on behalf of our country for places where, man, places where we need to go and, and places where we just feel really broken. Um, and I just believe wholeheartedly that it'll it'll start with each of us, right, as we step into our own as we step into our own work. Um, I know that, I know that's a whole other tangent, but, um, um, you know, you can almost, you can see, you can see this, this trauma play out on a systemic level Mm -hmm. and it's just devastating and it's, it's so hard to watch. And, um, yeah, my, my heart cry would be, gosh, could we all take stock, you know, and (laughs) could we all take a minute and, and, um, and look at where we've come from individually and how we're, you know, how we're a part of all of this and how we're contributing. Or, um, yeah, I, I think we'll see big healing on a systemic level when, when people, um, when we can commit to our own personal healing for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And being willing to enter into other people's mm-hmm. embodied stories and mm-hmm. not, yep. you know, turning away or, you know, mm-hmm. and that, and I think that's why this year so many. Um, you know, books that were recommended were like white fragility, like books that are starting with you, <laughs> like yeah. turning inward and like looking at the ways in which um you know the work that you need to do within yourself so that you can do this greater work and and step into other people's stories um you know, with yeah. authenticity and and a desire to hear and to listen, and yeah. I, lo- I love storytelling. I mean, that's why I started this podcast because I think storytelling is something that allows us to connect. Like it just allows us to connect on a level that is different than just like our day-to-day sort of interactions. And, you know, our stories live so much in our bodies too. And And so like giving space for all of those different parts to come together, like you said, like our spirit, our body, our mental health, Mm -hmm. um, all of those places are important. It's just that sometimes we kind of tend to focus on one more than the other. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today, for sharing. It was a real joy to to get to talk to you. And I'm excited to see your work and where it's going and just the the impact that you're going to have on you know, the people around you as you walk with them.
1: Thank you, Sarah. It's so good to be with you. I could uh, talk about this stuff and talk with you probably all day long. So I, I appreciate you so much. This was really fun. Sure.
0: Okay, well, I hope you have a good day.
1: Thanks, Sarah. You too. Bye.
0: Bye. is produced hosted and edited by sarah nickerson theme music is by sleeping at last you can find open hands on instagram at open hands podcast thanks so much for listening and be well